right, well, this is going to be fun. Uh, hey, oh, I think we lost that. Let's try that. You are dubstepping like a fucking motherfucker. Oh, yeah, I heard you. Okay. I turned the camera off, so I'm hoping that might make a difference. <laughs> Holy shit. Now I have to look at that fucking picture the whole time? Yeah. <laughs> Jesus Christ. Oh, well, this which, is going to be fun. Which would you prefer? The actual face or that face? I don't know. <laughs> that, that picture or the dubstep? I don't know, but I, I, I envision that's what your O face looks like, so it really <laughs> freaks me out. Dave Song! Ladies and gentlemen, we are Tonight, we are going to witness the most anticipated match in the history of professional wrestling. And this is the main event of the evening. Please welcome your host for today. Jason is here. Dude, I, I swear to God, I'm not as big an asshole as it sounds like. And Troy is here. Hey, I call them like I see them, all right? Well, look at it this way. It's the first thing we've done together as a team. I grab my dick, you grab your dick, you work my arm, I work your arm. Same time. Same time. It's like jerking off together, but not gay. We're not touching dicks. Each other's dicks, anyway. I'm touching my own dick. You're working it, and I'm loving it. Well, enough is enough, and it's time for... The Rundown. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to the Rundown Wrestling Podcast, episode 339. I am your host, Troy, and with me today, I have a very, very special guest all the way from the Rundown sit-down. It's Jason. That's a long way, because it's been quite a while since I put one of those out. That's true, but (laughs) that's not all, folks, because it's the return of the one who abandoned us. Adam is here. Am I in the wrong room? No, 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 no. Did... Uh, no. See, we nobody knows it, but we actually drugged Adam and taped him to the chair and put all of his recording equipment on him. So Is, is Scott Hall here? Yeah, but there was really no need to shove that dildo up his ass first. Well, you know... You that know, was just to make me feel at home. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> you know Adam and his demands. All right, so yes, we have yet another tripod uh, this week with 100% less Taz. But there is another number and 100%, that occurs every week. And 100% fewer horror movie references to Troy's genitalia. That's true. That's true. <laughs> Hashtag jigsaw cock. All right. <laughs> Well, I guess we'll just have to go ahead and go into hashtag. The perfect 10. A 10. A 10. A fucking 10. We got more information this week coming out about the greatest Royal Rumble card in history. That is right. We got a couple of actual announced matches for this one. Now, WWE, of course, is heading over to Saudi Arabia and presenting the greatest Royal Rumble ever. We have announced now, John Cena will take on Triple H for the first time since 2010. There will be a ladder match for the Intercontinental Championship as the Miz, Seth Rollins, Finn Balor, and a returning Samoa Joe face-off. The Woken Hardys will take on the team of Sheamus and Cesaro for the Raw Tag Team titles. 
We will also have on the line the WWE Championship, the Universal Championship, because Brock Lesnar won't have it anymore, the United <laughs> States Championship, the SmackDown Tag Team Championships, and the Cruiserweight Championship. That's seven fucking titles on the line, not to mention a 50-man Royal Rumble. This fucking match card has it all. Except... No, 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 it doesn't. No, there's, there's something but, it doesn't have. But it's got Bray Wyatt and Shinsuke Nakamura. Yeah, well, first off, Bray Wyatt's been deleted, so that may just card subject to change, you know. Yeah, card subject to change. Okay. Okay, so uh, seven titles, WWE Championship, Universal Championship. Wait a second. Card not subject to estrogen. (laughs) (laughs) That's true, because Goldust is not allowed. And also, in Saudi Arabia, there will be zero women on the card. However, women and children are allowed to attend the event. So I guess Saucer Banks is buying a ticket. <laughs> so just, just like John Cena at WrestleMania. That's right. So you mean to tell me that we did this monumental thing over in, in India, having the women wrestle and stuff like that, albeit in full body suits, and we still can't be bothered to have them on this. I don't wow. think that was in India. No, that was Dubai. We're talking about yeah. two different, uh, very, very different places. And it's this is Saudi Arabia. A um, little bit more stringent. Um, I do. So here's the thing. If you're the WWE, you have to know that that's going to happen when you enter into a business agreement to do a mega card with Saudi Arabia. And I sort of feel a little weird if you're going to trumpet yourself as this big progressive, you know, pushing the women forward and women's empowerment and blah, blah, blah. And then you're going to do business with a place that subjugates their women to that degree. Not the best look. (laughs) But but they're able to drive cars now. Well, that's good. They still, it must be hard with no peripheral vision because you have to have your face covered all the time. <laughs> well, I mean, there are there are some working women over there. Do you think they can um, use their driver's license as a form of valid ID? I assume it's got to be really easy to get a fake ID if you're a woman. <laughs> as long as the eye color matches, you're good. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> uh, boy, I... I'm just going to go ahead and stifle every single racist joke that just came to my mind there. Uh, but yeah, so when? <laughs> <laughs> Have we confirmed that this is that this is airing on the network? Yes. Uh, Roman Reigns did an interview with, I believe it was Sam Roberts, where he basically basically announced it. Um, but Triple H, for his part, did an interview this week where he was not so forthcoming. Basically, so they're still working on logistics, etc. They don't really have an announcement to make yet, so Roman sort of fucking scooped him on that, I guess. Yeah. <laughs> well, uh, Jerry Lawler also came out and said that it was going to be on the network, but that's because he's a piece of shit and doesn't care at all about the company having secrets. So. And he's also what? not going because there's no puppies. I was just going to say, what interest does Jerry Lawler have in this event if there's no women there? Jerry Lawler has an interest in going to Saudi Arabia where women don't have rights. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, God. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's right. Well, unless we don't have anything else to say, yes, we'll go. We got more women to talk about here. Well, because... we should. We should. To be fair, we should talk about some of the matches that were announced because okay, it's not just about the the lack of women on the card, but you are seeing two. It is to me 
two individuals announced for this show who are technically not back from injury yet, which I found yep. a little interesting in the form of Jeff Hardy uh, and Samoa Joe. Uh, we did see Jeff Hardy on the Ultimate Deletion in a very, very, very brief cameo. Mm-hmm. Um, but apparently there were rumors he was backstage at Raw this week. Some people thought he might return, but fucking Matt didn't even get on the show after the Ultimate Deletion, except for some shitty promo backstage. Well, that's, be- that's because, spoiler alert, he's in the Androphy the Giant. Um, <laughs> yes, and also also announced is The Miz defending the IC Championship, which he's going to be defending in a, two weeks, uh, as well as Sheamus and Zara defending their belts, which they are also defending at WrestleMania. So that's interesting. <laughs> well, to be fair, uh, the ladder match with the Miz has both other guys he's fighting at WrestleMania that's in true. the match. So that's yeah. true. Uh, not, not, the the case, Miz, not the case with the Raw Tag Team belts, so. though. Yes, that's true. Uh, speaking of the Miz, I, we at the rundown Card would like subject to, to change. You know, we at, we at the rundown would like to take a second to congratulate Maurice and the Miz on the birth of their first child, baby girl Monroe Sky Mizanin, apparently born today. Ugh. Mm-hmm. As we record this. So you don't like you don't like the name, Troy? I can't. Here's the thing. I'm I'm 33. All right. There is going to be a time in my life when I'm going to be 55, and I'm hope you know as long as I don't kill myself before that, and and I'm going to go into the Social Security office, try to get my checks, and I'm going to walk up to the front desk. And there's going to be a, a young woman behind the desk, and she's going to say, Hi, my name's Khaleesi. Thanks uh, thanks for coming by today. Can I help you out with that? Stop naming your kids dumb shit, all right? Because <laughs> they have to live with that shit the rest of their lives. Every person on this podcast right now has a perfectly normal Anglo-Saxon name. And I'm not, not saying all people have to have Anglo-Saxon names like that. Stop naming your kids after fucking you know, state capitals or dumb fucking cartoon characters like Mowgli and shit like that. Just name your kids fucking normal shit. That's all. Personally, per- personally I think it's adorable that A, you think you'll be able to collect social security at 55 and B, you think there will be social security when we get to that age. <laughs> That's true. That's true. It's it's a hypothetical situation. <laughs> I'm just glad we were able to record this show because Troy got little Pikachu to bed before we could start. That's true. <laughs> <laughs> Yes. P.S. That's what he calls his dick. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) And that did happen. Uh, Anyways, so uh, yes, we've like I said, we've uh, we've got Triple H and John Cena facing off. So apparently, Triple he can he can find a match partner for a show that's not even aired, but he can't find a match partner for WrestleMania 34. More on that in a little bit. Well, Triple H Uh, is already booked for WrestleMania. That's true. That's true. He could sneak his way in there. He could he could have joined up with Ronda before it was announced that uh, Kurt was taking it. You know, I mean, he did the same thing last year. Worst comes to worst, he'll fill in for Shane, but we'll get to that later. Uh, that's true. Um, all right, I think that's all we got to talk about for the uh, <laughs> Saudi Arabia thing. So yeah, speaking of women, uh, Sasha Banks and Bailey got into a little fight backstage, um, and of course. You know, this is such a, a hotly contested feud that they're going to be joined by about 20 other women in the Fallopian 2 Brumble. Mm-hmm. So, uh, yes, uh, the somebody backstage uh, drop kicked off the fabulous Moolah thing on top of the trophy and uh, decided to replace it with something which looks a little genitalia-ish. Yeah, very uterus-like, uterus-like. Yes, very much so. But it's fitting. <laughs> um, 
<laughs> I mean, it was either that or they were going to have to get a diva cup and and dip it in gold. So, uh, <laughs> yeah. So this is a feud, obviously, that is just essentially going to take center stage for for the women's battle royale at WrestleMania. I'm assuming that is going to progress after that and continue. But right now, that's <laughs> I all. would hope so. Yeah, that's all we've really gotten out of this is that we're going to beat the shit out of each other and then we're going to not face each other in a one-on-one match because nobody wants to see that. We're going to do it in a fucking battle royale. Yeah, I mean, who would want to see the two women who portrayed probably or or partook in probably the greatest women's match in terms of storytelling and emotion and execution uh, in WWE history compete at WrestleMania for the Women's Championship when you can watch Nia Jax fuck up a backbreaker with Alexa Bliss. Because, <laughs> I mean, really, that's the money match, I think. Uh, that's definitely how you would go. Uh, now, the thing I found interesting about this was if you're going to do this, and, and first off, I applaud the fact that they're, they're going to let Sasha roll with the heel gimmick. Uh, reports came out recently that the original plan was for Bailey to be heel, and while that is sort of intriguing... I feel like Sasha really does her best work as a heel, so I'm excited to see her get to sort of take on that persona again. Um, but if that was the plan, if that's what you were going to do, and you knew that you were going to just have these girls in the Battle Royal, I, I don't know why you do this now. To me, it's a far more... If they're not going to have a one-on-one match at WrestleMania, it's a far more effective storytelling device if you have them sort of have this blowout have you know bailey forgives sasha one more time you get to the battle royal sasha turns on her again eliminates her wins the wins the rumble Mm -hmm. um and then the next night on raw you do this or something similar to this and then that carries you to your next pay-per-view because really all you've done is set up an angle for a a kickoff show battle royal that very few people are going to have much interest in if anything, this uh, this segment on Raw with with them fighting backstage shines a light on two separate topics that you that you guys mentioned last week. Uh, first off, the fact that you were talking about you know the the ultimate deletion where you know it was it was interesting because it took place somewhere else and they, this is a spot they actually it was wasn't at you know the the red curtain with the TV screen and you know it was you know in some random backstage area with lockers and there was stuff around so it was an interesting visually but it really does shine a light on exactly what you were talking about with Alexa and Naya how how much that you know Bailey or really more Sasha should have won the elimination chamber this should be your raw women's title feud going into mania because because this is obviously the more the more interesting feud among among the two that we have to choose from also, I mean, visu- also visually interesting in this segment, the uh, WWE television debut, as far as I can tell, of Sarita, Sarah Stock, from uh, <laughs> TNA as she was trying to hold Sasha back. That's true. Um, yeah, I, I'm with you on that. It's it's just a bummer that they never had an opportunity to put the title on Sasha leading up to this. Oh, they did. Uh, so, <laughs> so, yeah, so obviously... Do you, you know, know how many... How much the buy rate is going to spike because they booked Alexa Bliss versus Nia Jax? All right. You're not going to find a show with with bigger boosters and supporters of Alexa Bliss than the rundown, but I think most of us are in agreement she shouldn't be defending this title at WrestleMania this year. Am I right? (laughs) Nia's fat. Nia's fat, you guys. Right? Right? I, I wouldn't have had a problem with her defending the belt if it was a triple threat with her and, uh, Sasha and Bailey. The problem is, yeah, Nia Jax is still 
fucking green as hell. The story that they've told so far has not been great. Um, the even the shit on fucking Raw where you had Alexa come in there and you know Nia no sell the punch from her, and then Alexa just ran away. It's a you know like now we're going back to pretending that she's this badass when she was crying two weeks ago. Like it's I, I, it's so also who. Whoever was on uh, whoever was on the sensor button really missed their shot on Monday during that segment. Well, I also love that Naya started with "you little bliss," yeah, and then decided to go "fuck it, you little bitch." Like, <laughs> and then and then the seconds of silence. Yes. Good job, everybody. Yeah, well, that happens a lot. <coughs> I mean, if she was. Brock Lesnar should be allowed to say bitch, or Roman Reigns yeah. is allowed to be bitch. Oh, I'm sorry. If she was a man, she'd be allowed to say bitch. <laughs> but apparently, the, not so much for the ladies. The other thing I really enjoyed about the the, the Bailey and Sasha segment backstage was Bailey pointing out that uh, that Sasha can't keep the title for more than a week. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that was good. Now I like the fact that that set Sasha off. I thought the segment itself was really good. I thought it oh, was. Oh yeah. Absolutely. Some of the best promo and sort of backstage work either one of these two girls has done in quite a while. Uh, I thought the physicality was great. I thought it was believable. It came across well. Uh, I just think it's mistimed and misplaced in the way they're doing it now to, to set up a battle royal. But as far as what they actually did in a performance, I thought they were tremendous. There you go. But a performance that was not so tremendous was baby girl Rhonda. <laughs> and her segments with the absolution. Uh, so I'll go ahead and, and run through this really quickly, and then you guys can go ahead and talk about how fucking god-awful this was. <laughs> so uh, on Raw, two robots got in the ring, and we're talking about the uh, the upcoming match um, where they they were going to take on the, the married team of Triple H and Stephanie. And then, of course, absolution came out. And then I, my interest was piqued, because Paige, still doing fantastic work as a manager, Comes out there and uh, invites Rhonda to maybe get some friends um, and, you know, and, and be the fourth member of Absolution. Really the third, but let's who's counting? Uh, and, <laughs> third and no, occurred. no, J.J. Dillon was considered a horseman. That's true. <laughs> That's true. And by the way, when Mandy Rose came out, I was piqued too. Oh, both of them, man. I mean, well, all three of them, really. I mean, they all looked great. Yeah. Uh, so then, of course... Um, you know, Rhonda, Rhonda awkwardly says that she does have friends. She's got Kurt Angle. Um, and then, you know, turns her down. So, of course, Paige says that she made a bad mistake. Now, Paige did a great job on this. Uh, her her work on this whole thing was, was really good. Well, except then, for the 47 baby girls. Yeah, she did keep saying baby girl quite a bit. Uh, so then, of course, Mandy Rose and Sonya Deville get into the ring. And then the most fucking piss awkwardness between all of the between these four people, this was the fucking worst because Mandy Rose tries to attack uh, Rhonda. Kurt grabs her tits and pushes her aside. Uh, then Sonya Deville taps her on the shoulder, I guess, and she gets gets knocked out. And then of course Mandy Rose is just like, oh shit. She took she took out my take to, or my my partner here without even really doing anything to her. And then Mandy Rose got put into an armbar before finally getting released on it. So how god awful was this? Okay, there were parts of it that weren't that bad. So Paige. I thought Paige was good. <laughs> that was uh, it. Oh, that was it. That was no, good. no, because I thought this was the best physicality Ronda has delivered. Uh, 
you think you think that the awesome botch leading up to the physicology was good though? Where where Sonya Deville and Ronda didn't seem to know who was supposed to hit who? <laughs> well, Sonya was okay. So I'm gonna I'm gonna put that on Sonya, and I say that only because later on in the segment, Ronda went to execute the suplex throw onto Sonya Deville, who was completely not where she was <laughs> she supposed to be. Rolled into it. <laughs> she, she was Sonya was not where she was supposed no. to be, and Mandy ended up hitting her shins instead of hitting her and the um, only reason she hit her shins was because she dove in front of her <laughs> yeah so I, my my guess just based on that evidence is that sonya was not at the top of her game in terms of her timing on monday night yeah. um so but i i thought ronda was believable physical she looked like she hadn't slept in about a fucking month um god damn she's she been training guys she had some fucking bags under her eyes holy shit it reminded me of cm punk during his world championship reign um but yeah and fuck CM Punk. But yeah, I, I thought the segment wasn't bad, honestly. I mean, there were parts of it that were cringeworthy for sure, but for what we've seen from Sonya and Mandy and Rhonda as performers, I thought this was at least a little bit of a level up, at least for Rhonda. Adam. My, uh, my, my favorite part about this segment is that I don't actually remember much of it. I, uh, I, I remember... Uh, Ronda knocking Deville out, and uh, yeah, that that very awkward suplex throw thing, and I don't remember much else. Is not uh, is not one that stuck with me. Oh, baby girl, come on! <laughs> Glad you're here. All right, Seth. <laughs> me too. Um, so yeah, so this this whole build has not been great. Um, you know, Ronda obviously probably. Would be much better served if, if you know, Paul Heyman was her mouthpiece, or if you know, Kurt just continued to be her mouthpiece. Although he's not all that great either most of the time. I, he was uh, great. He was fantastic in that video package they ran for Ronda last week. Oh uh, yeah. Now while we're on the topic of Ronda, allow me to first off, can we talk about the ESPN interviews? Have you guys seen this stuff? <laughs> if I could travel back in time. Yeah. So at one point. Uh, I, I believe it was Mike Golick was uh, interviewing yeah. her, yeah. Um, and said made something a question to the extent of if you could travel back in time, would you do things the same way? And she no, it was it was it was in it, the question basically was in time. Do you see yourself back in the back in the in the octagon? And she took it as back in time. Can you go in the octagon? I mean, it was it was his fault. He forgot a, a comma. So. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> but she's like, so no, I can't travel back in time. And everybody in the world except Rhonda knew what he was saying. So she just kind of looked really stupid. <laughs> That's uh, what it was. That's what he said. Could you see yourself going back in time? But, but then later on, uh, she also did an interview with Max Kellerman and Stephen A. Smith on first take also on ESPN. Uh, and then at one point, Max Kellerman was asking her, you know, uh, you dominated uh, mixed martial arts. You you were a woman who was powerful, who was. But then after you lost, there were a lot of people who questioned you and who doubted you and blah blah blah. And she basically like, if looks could fucking kill, and she's like, I don't know about those people with her quotation fingers. And he's like, I, I hope you're not assuming I said that because I'm a big fan of you. And she just had not like she was wanted to fucking kill this guy. <laughs> Another awkward. And, and it seems to me the recurring theme through this 
is that when she's talking about WWE, big old smile on her fucking face. When you bring up UFC, she gets the fucking RBF going. Uh, resting bitch face to those who don't know. Um, and it's just not like she does not want to talk about her UFC time. And you know what would be easy to turn around and say, I'm only going to do this in- interview if you don't talk about UFC. This is this is bad on her manager's part. Mm. You know, I'm, I'm not relaying the messages like that or, or talking or Rhonda telling her manager, hey, I don't want to fucking talk about it. That's in the past. Right. Um, but also, like, it's been it's been quite a while. So I'm, I'm very surprised that she doesn't have answers kind of quicker to her mind on a lot of these things, you know, in, in terms of what happened to her, you know, and, and the, the kind of public falling out that she had after after losing like that. So, yeah, this is yeah, it was it was not good. And well, like we said, def- last week's video package was really the first time she's even publicly commented on the loss to Amanda Nunez. So, mm-hmm. um, you know, clearly something she's still not totally into the idea of talking about. Um, but speaking of video packages, this week, as it relates to Ronda, we also got what I also thought was an outstanding video package for Triple H and Stephanie. Oh, yeah, with the with the midnight training and and all that. That was yeah. That yeah, was... brought out Joe DeFranco and Stephanie. For her part, had some great lines. It was like, uh, well, God, what was it? She was like, I want to be the trust fund champion and the limousine champion, and basically just talking about how she was going to be the best because of her status and her money. And uh, <laughs> but there was some great lines. I thought this was a, another really really well done hype package for this match, and they've done mm-hmm. a good job of promoting this. And the, like I said, like I said at the time, the only thing I wish, and we'll talk about this in another scenario in just a minute, is that the first time I saw Ronda get her hands on Stephanie was at WrestleMania, and they sort yeah. of blew their wad a couple weeks ago on that. Yeah, yeah. Um, speaking of things I don't remember, do you, have you guys talked about the the WB24 Empowered special? Uh, Did you guys cover I that last week or the week before? I don't, I don't think remember. we talked about it because I don't think Troy had but seen it yet. I, uh, I I watched that and I, I really enjoyed the the Ronda coverage that was in that as well. Yeah, yeah. no, that was good. Uh, the thing I particularly enjoyed was all those women who were on Twitter shitting on Ronda being in the main event spot of the Royal Rumble were backstage hugging her. <laughs> uh, I thought that was great. Way to fucking sell the gimmick, guys. But uh, my, actually, my favorite part of that special was the way they completely fucking edited James Ellsworth out yeah. <laughs> to make it look like Carmella had climbed the ladder and got the first money yeah. in the bank women's case. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I I love WD24. It is it is possibly my favorite series on the network right now. Yeah, yeah it's right up there. It's, I thought Ride Along was your favorite. <laughs> Shut the fuck up. <laughs> All right, speaking of specials, the Mixed Match Challenge continues to be a dumpster fire, uh, but we got to the finals on this one. So Charlotte had um, a little issue with her mouth. She had a mouth infection. Oh, oh I'm sorry. Yes. sorry. I, I, I paused. Uh, now, which so is weird, because in... Bobby, Bobby Roode worked with a penis infection. Yeah, and It was weird. Yeah, strange yeah. how that happened. So then, of course, uh, we, had, we had a vote to see who was going to take charlotte's place and they put one face against two heels and shock of shocks what straight fire becky lynch was able to step in mason mason ryan won the uh, won the vote Mm -hmm. and uh yeah and it was a pretty kind of standard match but it leads us to the finale which also kind of fucks up wrestlemania because charlotte who will be returning 
uh, and Bobby Hood will face off against Asuka and The Miz. And so that means that we've been keeping these two separate by keeping them on different fucking shows leading up to WrestleMania to try to make it special, which, of course, obviously there has really not been any build much to it, to then just have them face off in the Mixed Match Challenge. A week before WrestleMania. A yep. week before WrestleMania, yeah. Uh, they should have just canceled this shit because <laughs> I was I was so hyped for this going into it. And then obviously the the whole streak thing kind of started to kill me, and then this shit right here just kind of kills me as well. So, um, yeah, I'm just I'm over it, and I hope <laughs> I, I at this point I hope they don't they don't do it again. Uh, I will say this for this. Um, I like the fact that. They played into the Sasha Bailey thing with Becky. Uh, obviously, they're all part of that four horsewomen. Um, so Sasha said something to the extent of, did you see what I did to Bailey? And Becky said, I saw what Bailey did to you. And then they, they sort of got into it a little bit with Becky sort of trying to defend Bailey and stick up for her. And I thought that was good. It was continuity tied into what we just saw. Um, so I did like that. If it were me, I would, despite what you said, I would play it off that, Charlotte's still not ready to go on Tuesday. Becky Lynch is the partner. Asuka can play into that you were too afraid to get in the ring with me, but you don't have a choice at WrestleMania. Uh, and Becky Lynch can be destroyed by Asuka, which gives Charlotte another piece of motivation as Asuka just destroyed her best friend. Uh, that's exactly what I would do next week. If you have Charlotte and Asuka get physical with each other next week, you're an idiot, whoever's booking this thing. Yeah. So I, you know, I had said in the host thread, you know, that <clears throat> it's still kind of special because this is a, you know, this is a mixed tag situation. But then after, after I'd sent that and after we had discussed that, and yeah, it is still, it is still not great that they are ruining, that they are putting this together a week before, you know, what happens. But it, it, it occurred to me that, wait, this is a mixed tag match. So it's still going to be Charlotte versus Asuka if it's, if they're going to be, you know, if it's going to be the women in the match facing each other. So it, it's not really that. That much different well, than, uh, no, than it would be at WrestleMania. Because you get those moments, though. Like, the first time something happens is special. Like, the, yeah. f- the first time AJ Styles and Nakamura hook up in a WWE ring is at WrestleMania, and it's special, and you Hot. anticipate it. Yeah. Uh, and we'll get to that, that later. But this is an opportunity to have another one of those types of moments. Two dominant female competitors who have just run roughshod by and large over the WWE during both their times there. Uh, I, God, I can't imagine how awesome this would be if they hadn't wasted Charlotte's pay-per-view streak on fucking Fastlane. But uh, you imagine yeah, right? that Charlotte's pay-per-view streak versus Asuka's undefeated streak at WrestleMania with the time. Oh, my God, it would be a license to print money. Um, but, but they're just fucking – they can't help themselves. They've got premature ejaculation with this stuff. They cannot stop themselves from just giving <laughs> shit away and making it not special at the biggest moment. I like I liked Sal's comment about though them that they're going to put Daniel Bryan in a tag match next next week on SmackDown. Yeah, well, it wouldn't shock me at this point. But he can't fight Kevin and Sammy because they're still unemployed. Well, he can fight Kevin Steen and El, El Generico. <laughs> That's true yeah. too. But not, but not at fight. Owens fight. No. I still think that might be him. Yeah, I think it's possible, or someone holding I, it. For I him. hope so. 
For those who don't well, know what I mean, we're talking about, to sell the angle immediately after being fired, Kevin Owens changed his Twitter handle from Fight Owens Fight to back to Fight Steen Fight, which it was previously. Uh, in the process, apparently not realizing that when you change your Twitter name as a verified user, you lose your verified status and your check mark. Um, but also opens up your name to be used by someone else, and someone else has scooped up Fight Owens Fight on Twitter. Uh, so hopefully it's him because otherwise it's going to be some asshole trying to extort him for the name later. Yeah. But him or some WWE employee. Yeah. Can you imagine that guy? Media department. Can you imagine that guy going to Kevin Owens like, Hey, I'd like to sell you your name back. What the fuck would Kevin Owens <laughs> say to that? I mean, we've, we've seen this guy on Twitter. Well, not to mention the fact that Owens doesn't really use the fight Owens fight moniker anymore even. So Except I mean, on it's every an... piece of merchandise he sells. No, his stuff normally is just KO now. So, I mean, it's it's not that big of a deal, honestly, because he could just be at Kevin Owens or at WWE Kevin Owens or anything like that. It's not, not a huge deal, and it is just Twitter. But, yeah, if if this is a person and not, you know, something that he had planned out or anything like that, I mean, more power to you. Try to get yourself paid, but uh, you probably won't get paid. <laughs> You'll get roasted on fucking Twitter, though. That's right, yeah. Yeah. Probably, probably to the point where, where he'll have to get fucking kicked out of it, so. Or he'll kill himself. Yeah, either way. I'm sorry, either I made the joke about suicide on the rundown. I... Either way, we win. Uh, so, yeah. Uh, <laughs> speaking of getting killed, uh, Roman Reigns showed up with a chair and still proceeded to get his ass fucking kicked. Um, so, there, to me, and... If you don't don't agree with me, fuck you. It's my opinion. Uh, to me, they're they're straddling a, a line here because very soon, if they continue to do this, if Roman win, sorry, not not if when Roman Reigns beats Brock Lesnar at WrestleMania, it's gonna feel more like a fluke than actually somebody overcoming something because Brock has been made to look like such a fucking beast here that Roman looks like pitiful. And to me, like they're not there yet, but with another with another beatdown on it, I might just be like, well, you know, clearly this is just like let's just continue to keep Brock strong, but he's going to somehow lose in a fucking regular wrestling match when he, when he can't lose when he's getting fucking beat up with a fucking chair. And did did you happen to notice on Monday night who the crowd was behind in that segment? <laughs> One hundred percent. No, I disagree. Go back and watch that again. That was quite a mixed reaction for both of them. There were there were a sizable amount of boos for Brock and, and a sizable amount of cheers for Roman. Mm-hmm. It was back and forth quite a bit. I, that was a, that was as close to fifty fifty as I think we've seen Rock, Brock and Roman be. I don't and, know. At least the, the the last time when he when he when he f five him on the stairs. The crowd was the crowd was pretty into that. Well, that was just a cool moment. Yeah, I think if you go back, even when he came back the last time this this week, um, there was more. I think they've they, the crowd sort of started to get into. They either got sick of it, which is possible, or they got sort they sort of got to the point like, all right, that's enough. You're going to kill the guy, and maybe giving some of the sympathy that I think they were trying to get. Um, yeah. But to Troy's point, they're clearly trying to. Take a guy who the company, the fans perceive as being the golden boy and, and, you know, you've booked him too strong and go sort of the opposite direction and try to make him the sympathetic underdog. Um, 
a la Daniel Bryan at WrestleMania 30 with the bad shoulder, and he's going into it with the, you know, he's so beat up, there's no way he can possibly win. Uh, it doesn't The underdog role doesn't suit Roman. We've said it before on this show. He yeah. needs to be successfully as a face. He needs to be booked as a badass. Uh, they still have yet to really try that because badasses typically don't get their asses kicked like that on a, on a regular basis. Um, but, I, I, you know, I get what they were going for. I just – you get to a point where at some point Roman has to give you a reason going into the pay-per-view to believe he could win. And right, right now they haven't, got, they haven't gotten there. Well, I got one, they got one week left. Uh, oh, yeah. I, I, I do appreciate them editing out the uh, – in their in their recap of last week, uh, Brock just rolling the stretcher towards the barricade before tipping it over. Yeah, at least well, it didn't teleport. <laughs> Editing. Um, so yeah, I guess rolling straight along here. Um, I'm going to go ahead and continue to finish my delicious green apple Smirnoff ice while you two talk about the Young Bucks and the Golden Lovers having Jeez, an outstanding match at Strong Style Five. You're an asshole. <laughs> So I'm assuming Troy, I'm assuming you didn't watch it, even though I provided you with a fucking link. Correct. Okay. Did you watch it, Adam? Nope. I, that's the one, I'm the one who said correct. All right. Fuck you both. Uh, <laughs> yeah. So for those of you who don't know, the Golden Lovers, the team I could, of I could watch it right now. Kota Ibushi and Kenny Omega took on the Young Bucks. Uh, at the second event in the United States of New Japan that Strong Style Evolved, uh, which was a really good card. It was a four-and-a-half-hour show, so WrestleMania is like, here, hold my beer. Um, <laughs> but all in all, the, the card was, was good. This main event was great. And for those of you who listen to this rundown show on a regular basis, you'll know I have not always been the kindest in terms of my opinions on the Young Bucks. Uh, and particularly the way they don't sell offense, uh, it was completely reversed here. They sold everything, and maybe you just have to be one of their buddies for them to do it. I don't know. But just reacting to what they did in this match, they sold their asses off, particularly Matt Jackson, who really sold his back injury uh, to a great degree. Uh, the moves were amazing. The the camera work and the directors were not great jim ross i i i'm sorry i love jim ross he, he was the voice of my youth and just watching him on these new japan shows and specials it's painful because clearly he doesn't keep up with the product when he's not doing the announcing uh they'd be far better off to have kevin kelly and don Callis, who do it for new japan world their english commentary do these specials because i think they'll get the product over better but none of that was standing. Um, these guys went out there, and this, this basically this entire story was built on the back of the Being the Elite YouTube channel, uh, and the entire crowd was in on it. They got the emotion. They got the story. They told it. They told it beautifully throughout the course of a 40-something minute match that never got cold. It never got boring. It was it was it was go 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 the whole time. They were topping each other constantly. The teamwork, the tandem offense, everything was beautiful. My only issue, and I get what they were going for, was at one point Kenny Omega has Matt Jackson up on his shoulders for the one winged angel, um, and Matt sort of get Kenny hesitates like he doesn't want to do it because it's one of his best friends, 
and Matt sort of just grabs his arm and says, go ahead, do it, and hooks him into it, hooks himself into the hold, to which I'm sort of like, if this was a real fight, you'd want, and you had that type of energy, why would you not just get the fuck out of the hold? Um, I get that they were going for the emotional thing, like the, almost like the Ric Flair asking Shawn Michaels to kick him at WrestleMania kind of gimmick, but Flair was more getting up and asking for the fight, for the fight to continue. Um, this was not that, but everything else about this match was phenomenal. I encourage you go check this thing out. If you haven't seen it, even if you're not a Bucks fan, cause like I said, I haven't always been, uh, even if you're not a new Japan fan, this shit translates, go check it out. It is probably just behind Gargano and almost for me as terms of match of the year so far. I will tell you this. I, I do. Uh, uh, I am not, as you, as we discussed, not the biggest fan of the young bucks as, uh, in-ring performers. However, I did watch a little video about uh, All In that was circulating around Facebook this uh, this week, and I and it, and it shows in that video that as their as their normal personas, as just them being them, they are they are two guys who are just legit dedicated to the business. Oh yeah, and I can I can certainly appreciate that. Yeah, and not only that, you look at. They did this show on Sunday night, I believe it was. Um, and then by Tuesday morning, they had edited all the backstage footage for the latest episode of Being the Elite. So these guys are pushing out this content. They're furthering their characters. They're writing their own storylines, and they're compelling. They're interesting, and they're doing it all through a fucking YouTube series. Hats off to these guys. They have made it profitable to be an independent wrestler for a lot of people. They've, they were sort of the, the first ones really of this era, I think, that can sit there and say they, they made their living as an independent wrestler without having to have another job. Um, mm. They've marketed themselves brilliantly. Uh, so despite my issues with sometimes sometimes their in-ring performance, again, notwithstanding here, because I think this was a different type of performance for them, uh, there's no denying their cultural impact in professional wrestling. Right. But go right. watch that fucking match, you guys. Seriously. I will. I won't. All right. <laughs> All right. <laughs> I, I might. It's All 40 right, so. minutes. You got it on your fucking phone now. Go watch it. Enjoy it. If you call yourself a fan of wrestling, it's a match you should check out. So we're two weeks out from Mania, and we're still announcing, announcing matches, such as... WrestleMania has now become Rusev Day. I don't know what you wanted to talk about in that one. Uh, as Rusev and who? Wait, who was he teaming with? Uh, gender. Gender. Faced off against. Yep. Faced off against Bobby Roode and Randy Orton in a tag team match. And uh, due to some shenanigans, uh, Rusev wound up getting the pin on the United States Champion because that is how you get added to title matches. And then he went backstage and said he was going to find Daniel Bryan and asked to be added to make it a fatal four-way match. Aiden English seemed really happy about this, despite the fact that that meant that Aiden English wasn't going to be a part of the match. Uh, but, of course, Daniel Bryan said, ah, fuck it. And so now it'll be a fatal four-way for the United States Championship at WrestleMania because they realized, oh, shit, both of our mid-card titles were going to be triple threat matches. Yeah. So uh, how do you feel about Rusev's chances, Adam? Well, Okay. <laughs> uh, I don't think he's got a chance. My uh, <laughs> the thing that made me laugh about this whole thing he deleted the was thing. They, oh, yeah, he did. 
Well, I deleted the I deleted the fucking Rusev thing, which is what we're talking about. Mm-hmm. Well, you started with the two weeks. I'm getting to that next. <laughs> you t- okay? <laughs> daddy, daddy, stop fighting. Uh, what was the same? Oh, they, so they they have the match. They they do the thing. Uh, then they I think they go to commercial and they come back from commercial with with Rusev and Mahal backstage and Mahal is talking like, oh, I was looking all over for you. You guys just had a fucking match. Like, how did you get that separated from each other during a commercial break? But no, I thought it was uh, as soon as as soon as Randy, uh, as soon as Rusev pinned Randy, I tweeted, "Oh, Rusev's getting added to the U.S. title match at Mania." So it's it's such an obvious trope that they're working with now. Um, I, I don't I don't think he has a chance to win the title. Uh, I think, like you said, they're just trying to differentiate the Intercontinental and U.S. title matches at this point. I'm not sure which of the two topics we you, you introed and deleted at the same time I'm supposed to discuss. I, but uh, I introed both of them because we only announced one fucking match. I don't know why. <laughs> we we also announced the Bludgeon Brothers against the Usos against uh, the New oh, Day okay. this week. We well, also about... still haven't fucking officially announced The Undertaker and John Cena, which was the point of the topic, is that we're two weeks out from WrestleMania, and we wonder why people don't get an emotional connection to these matches when they have no fucking time to digest the fact that these matches are taking place because they don't announce them until the week before the fucking show. Do we know Cena and The Undertaker is coming? Sure, I think we all know that match is going to take place. That said, there's something to be said for having it official, having The Undertaker on, promoting the match, giving it something, and John Cena versus fucking Kane doesn't do that for me personally. Um we again, we've sort of been building to this triple threat tag team title match on SmackDown, but why don't we just fucking book the match and then let all this stuff be? Why are we waiting to the last fucking minute to make matches for your biggest event official? It just seems really silly to me to do that. But uh, as for Rusev, I'm really happy they did this because the truth is Rusev's one of the most overperformers they have in this fucking company right now, uh, despite the fact that they do nothing with him. And I'm at least happy to see him get a match on the main card. Uh, the triple threat was in line to be the worst match on the Mania card. I think adding Rusev gives it a little something extra that it didn't have. It's still probably the lowest ranked match if I were to rank my interest in the matches on the card, but it certainly went up a little bit given rusev's involvement uh do i think he'll win no but i it wouldn't entirely shock me if he did either because i don't think any of the people in this match are particularly compelling as u.s champ i think rusev would be the most compelling uh and is probably the most over so you know they gave orton the belt so he can say he was a grand slam champion and now they can put the belt on someone where it means more yeah. yeah, John Cena doing Undertaker's moves during that Kane match really uh, irked me too. Well, why? Because it's it's just lame. the The whole build has been just fucking lame. Well, and like that's his I, that's this, his way he's going to get the Undertaker to actually accept is to be like, I'm gonna choke slam your brother. This is the problem with booking the Undertaker in these matches is you put building the entire program on one person because the Undertaker doesn't fucking show up for the for the build. Mm-hmm. He shows up for Brock Lesnar. He'll show up to build matches with Lesnar, but fucked if he's going to show up to build matches for Bray Wyatt or John Cena or anybody else. Anything to add, Adam? To either of the topics? No. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Uh, so I, I guess... I, 
I think it's about time that the Bludgeon Brothers get a tag title shot. I, I honestly kind of hope that they walk out of Mania with the belts. Um, it wouldn't surprise me if they don't because they like to do that to me. Uh, like all the times that I wanted them to win the titles as the Wyatt family and they never did. Um, and I, yeah, I would not be surprised if Cena versus Taker is not announced as a match for WrestleMania until John Cena comes out at WrestleMania and goes, well, the fucking Undertaker never answered my goddamn challenge. And then Kid Rock hits and out comes a motorcycle. I really hope it's Biker Taker, personally. I just, it, it would, just for the fact that it would piss off so many people. <laughs> But I think I my, think... Fa- my my favorite joke regarding that is still the one that I shared in the host thread when uh, when Daniel Bryan when it was announced that Daniel Bryan was able, was cleared to return and somebody in one of my Facebook groups post yeah but is he gonna come back as as biker Daniel yeah he's got he's got the hair for it at least it's true <laughs> actually but while we're talking about WrestleMania matches can we can we uh is it just me or is this WrestleMania have no fucking gimmick matches. No Hell in a Cell, no Ladder Match, no Two Out of it's Three got, Falls. It's got two Battle Royales. Yeah, but it has Battle Royale every year. That's not really a gimmick it's match. Got two now. Yeah, but it's not, there, there's no real gimmick matches this year, which is a little strange. Yeah, but well, it's got two. Well, it's got two Battle Royales. It's also got a, a bunch of multi-person matches, too. But yeah, I'm, I'm, I hear you on that. There's no... Like, uh, I mean, even the greatest Royal match. Rumble already has a fucking ladder match. <laughs> yeah, that that's true. And that's got a fifty-man battle royal. That's that's very true. <laughs> Granted, it's only one, but so pointless. Yeah, do they ever say what they're going to win? Are they going the win- to be able to take <laughs> the, take home one of the women or something? The like winner, that? the winner gets a title shot at the greatest WrestleMania ever. There you go. That's uh, Moolah's Mool- corpse. <laughs> yeah, that, that's where the that's where the Mula trophy is gonna go. Yeah, there you go. They spent money. Uh, on it, they gotta do something with it. They're less offended by it in Saudi Arabia. <laughs> so not for nothing, but last year's WrestleMania only had one gimmick match, but and it has no the no holds barred match. No, it had a ladder match. Oh, I did have a ladder match. I'm yeah. sorry. Yep, you're right. So I had two. Okay, a everything else was normal. Tag team ladder match. Yeah, right. that's true. Um, so yeah, so I mean, there's still chances that Undertaker and Cena are is a no hold bars match as well, um, you know, because that means no disqualification. Uh, and uh, right? yeah, exactly. Uh, extreme extreme rules. rules. Yeah. Anyways, all right. So and uh, moving right along to the same topic, different different people. There has not been very much of a build towards Nakamura and AJ. Um, now, obviously, the the big thing with this is the fact that they just continue to be like, it's a dream match. We don't need to build it. Um, I did really enjoy the the one little segment that they had where Nakamura faked Kinshasa at him. Yes. Uh, and then slapped his knee and said, knee, your face, and patted him on the head. <laughs> that was a nice little build. But yes, uh, this there really hasn't been that much. It's been Nakamura taking on some tag teams, AJ taking on some tag teams. Um, and then them kind of still being buddies and just being like, remember, we're going to have that dream match. Remember, remember when that meant something until Daniel Bryan came back? Oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> no, I thought this was absolutely the best week for this for this match so far. Uh, just because it just with Nakamura playing kind of a dick to AJ during this one. <laughs> You know, I need I need you in my corner because you know if Chad Gable tries to do anything and then they do that. I didn't actually need you. I just wanted you to see how I will beat you at WrestleMania. 
Well, he's he's a rock star. Most rock stars are dicks. So. <laughs> um, Speaking yeah. of that, I did appreciate I did appreciate Gable and Benjamin's little graphics promo where they made fun of the the rock star flashing across the screen screen that one week that that happened and thankfully never happened again. Yeah, exactly. Um, look. I, this match has been, and I, and I find this to be sort of interesting, the way they're booking WrestleMania. You've got all the week-after-week week build to Lesnar and Reigns as sort of the sports entertainment match, and the very little hype for this match, because this is sort of the smart main event of WrestleMania. This is the match that which, the internet fans want to see. Which means it's going to open the show. Yeah, right. Um, I, that's an, another interesting discussion we'll get to in a minute, just because I think it's worth having. Um, but this, this to me, doesn't need a lot of hype because the crowd that this is going to appeal to already knows the history, already knows what's behind this, already knows that it's tied to their time in New Japan together. Um, so I, I guess they're sort of banking on that, and they really chose to focus – uh, their attention on SmackDown rather than on their championship program, on their general manager and their commissioner. Which is the which is the bigger story? It's because they've booked it that way for sure. Um, but as it relates to WrestleMania, because you mentioned it, Adam, if we had to guess, what do you guys think is going to be the last match on the show, the, the main event? Cena Undertaker. You think I put Undertaker in that spot again after the debacle last year? No, I was just kidding. It's probably it's probably going to be, be Roman. <laughs> it's probably going to be Roman and Brock. Oh, absolutely going to be you Roman. Think, and you Brock. think they're going to risk closing WrestleMania with the crowd booing their new champion out of the building? Though didn't give a shit the last time it happened. The la- yeah. It hasn't happened yeah. last. It didn't Ro- happen. Well, they did. Roman they... Roman versus Hunter. Yeah. Uh, yeah, I get. Well, I I don't know that Roman was getting booed that heavily at that point. That was sort of during that. Yeah, he period. was getting booed. <laughs> he was, but not as heavily. And, and he sort of uh, turned the crowd a little bit with the Stephanie Spear. But uh, I guess that's a fair point. But I still don't know that I, I, I see I, I see a very real scenario where Ronda Rousey and that tag match ends the show. Um, I can certainly see a scenario where um, the... Uh, Legend Brothers? Yeah, no. Uh, the, no. I think it's obviously going to be Cedric Alexander and Mustafa Ali. Well, obviously, yeah. yes. No, I could definitely <laughs> see a scenario where Nakamura and AJ ends the show. Uh, that's going to be the match to send people home happy, uh, regardless of the outcome, really. They, they can't lose with that one. They're going to have the crowd either way. Uh, yeah. Or I could very easily see a scenario where they end the show with... Um, and what am I blanking? I'm blanking. Mike Smash? <laughs> <laughs> No, I, could... I loved I loved Mike Smash in the eighties. He was great. Yeah, right. Him and Johnny Analog. Um, <laughs> no, but I could also very easily see a scenario where they end with the return of Daniel Bryan. So I, I don't know. I could see it going any number of ways. I'm sure as of right now, they they probably don't have a plan on what the the last match is going to be either. Uh, because obviously, I think they're going to wait and see how people are reacting to everything that's going on. Um, but I do. I, I would say that yeah, Shane and Daniel might be you know the finale just because of the of the hype there. But I do think that they still like to make their their championships mean something. And having the the you know finally Brock Lesnar is going to lose that belt, I think is a big selling point to them. And I think that they're they still believe that that's going to make people happier than 
you, you know, than not. So it's gonna make Sal happier. I can tell you that much. <laughs> he cannot wait till that belt's off, fucking Brock Lesnar. Mm, me neither. But uh, yeah, I think it's obvious. That they, I, I think it's fairly reasonable to say that they don't they don't have a a plan right now as to the ex, the exact match order as. We well, I'm sure they Vince... do have a plan. I'm sure it will change 12 times between now and WrestleMania. <laughs> yes, like we know that Vince likes to write these things basically right up until probably 9 p.m. on Saturday. Goddamn, uh, pal, let's change the venue. <laughs> Vince, we built the set for two weeks. We could... Well, just tell the people there's a bomb threat. It'll be fine. <laughs> uh, <laughs> yeah, but I, I think, yeah, cause, because the big thing is going to be you know, Brock Lesnar losing the title after his artificially inflated title reign. So I think that, I think that's, that's a very, very, very likely candidate to be the main event at WrestleMania this year. Right. Like, like, I like, look, my, everybody knows my philosophy on this show. Fuck CM Punk. But (laughs) I will say when CM Punk held the belt for a year plus, he was at every pay-per-view. He was at every TV. He ran himself fucking ragged. I can respect that year long title reign. This one, yeah. not so much. Not so much now. This is like, a, yeah, like when. By the way, did anyone catch fucking Heyman's promo where he talked about if Brock had got his ass beat, he would be here every week dragging his ass? Like, what the fuck planet are you living since, on, dude? Since when? Yeah, that drove me crazy. The last time, the last match was when Michael Cole was like, "Oh, he's been the champion for over a year. He never fucking shows up. That's why." Or that first yeah. promo Heyman cut in this build where he's talked about the things it takes to be the WWE champion. You have to, if your family's sick, it doesn't matter. You have to be at Raw. Like, really? You <laughs> yeah. have to be at Raw every week, huh, Paul? Mm-hmm. Your guy hasn't fought on the show in, what's it been, 12 years? 12, 12 years, yeah. <laughs> All right. And finishing things off in the Perfect Ten... We got another. We like to call um, it the happy ending of the perfect ten. Yeah. That's true. Uh, we got another tremendous promo from one Daniel Bryan as he announced that he has set his return match. Daniel Bryan and Shane McMahon will face off against Owens and Sami Zayn as long as Shane can overcome Brock Lesnar disease. And he did so. <laughs> he did so in a very, in very passionate speech and. You know, Daniel is the kind of guy, like we said last week, that he's always the best when he's, you know, himself, being able to talk himself. But this here was was full on character, Daniel Bryan, and he did a fantastic job on it. Him yelling this that, you know, this Daniel Bryan is the one that doesn't quit. This Daniel Bryan is the one that's going to kick at WrestleMania 34. Owens and Zane's asses. <laughs> I, I, I loved I loved the entire promo, but my favorite part about that whole thing was this Daniel Bryan does not wear jackets or sweaters or whatever the hell that thing is. It was a cardigan, Daniel, just for the record. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Although I wish I wasn't so fucking lazy that I could go back into the rundown archives because, well, I think last week everyone sort of knew this was the direction we were going in. I believe it was like the rundown after Hell in a Cell when Sammy saved Kevin that I put this out here as a possibility. So to see this come to fruition, I'm going to take credit for being the first one to put this out there. <laughs> uh, but, yeah, well, no. What's that? You are still Vince McMahon. So. I, goddamn, pal. Okay, Fabe. Um, <laughs> yeah, no, I think this promo is great. Uh 
My issue here is with the Shane McMahon illness angle. Is it an angle? Is it real? I don't fucking know at this point. What I can tell you is that they're telling us that Shane McMahon has surgery pending, but he'll be wrestling in 12 days. Yeah. Uh, and if for those of you who are not familiar with diverticulitis, um, it's a bitch. It really is. Uh, it's the thing that ended Brock Lesnar's UFC career the first time around. Uh, I believe he had a foot of his colon cut out or something like that. Um, it's a brutal fucking debilitating thing that you do not roll back from in 12 days, typically. Yeah. Uh, I believe they said it's an intestinal hernia as well. So nothing about this sounds like I'll be ready to go in 12 days. So... Part of me wonders if yeah. this is all sort of this is what we're going to set the matchup for, and then we already know Shane's not going to wrestle, but it'll give us time to set up a replacement or a swerve or something like that. Um, you, you know what's you know what's coming. You know what's coming. Kane, Team Hell No. <laughs> <laughs> I was going to say who's that jumping out the sky, but um, <laughs> yeah, I don't know. But something's got to be setting up here because I, I I can't. If if the if the diverticulitis is legit, I can't envision a scenario where Shane can be wrestling in twelve yeah. days. I just can't. So yeah, I mean, we'll have to see how it plays out, but I something's up with that. Yeah, I mean I had I had abdominal surgery two years ago and I was I was in I was in the hospital for two weeks. And and who would have thought a month ago? We'd be talking about a Shane McMahon, Daniel Bryan tag team match where we had to wonder if Shane McMahon would be medically clean. <laughs> nice. Yeah, very true. But, of course, you know, we uh, we know for sure that, you know, Daniel's going to be in this. If it's this, this might be your gimmick match. Might be a two-on-one handicap match even. Now, if Shane's in there, can we envision a scenario? Because... The stipulation is that for Kevin and Sammy to get their jobs back, they have to win, right? So I think we sort of presuppose that Kevin and Sammy have to win this match, right? Right. So can we envision a scenario where this whole thing was Daniel setting up Shane and Daniel turns and sort of forms some sort of a faction with Kevin and Sammy? Possibly, but I I do think that that would leave the fans very pissed off. But that's sometimes what they want, though. Yeah. No, I'm, I'm, I'm okay with that. I think it would be an amazing twist. Yeah. Well, because we've been been calling, we've been calling like a Daniel Bryan heel turn during this entire saga of Daniel, Shane, Kevin, and Sammy. So, yeah. And plus putting the stipulation on there, like you're like, well, we don't want to see Daniel Bryan come back and lose in his first match, but also like those two need to win because they need to return to the WWE because they're the two biggest stars on SmackDown right now. So, yeah, but if Shane takes the pin, that's fine. Yeah, that's true. And you can set it up for a, for a prolonged feud where you know it, it winds up being and, Daniel gets against these guys. And I'm simply allow I just allow me to point out the very simple fact that Daniel Bryan never lost the WWE Heavyweight Championship nor the Intercontinental <laughs> Championship. So that's true. He's still only one of them was on his show both. though. So yes, we'll see until, until the shakeup. Yeah. Oh, could could we please get the Miz over with the Inter- Intercontinental Championship on SmackDown, or Daniel Bryan over to Raw, which I think is probably the more likely because Vince wants all the star power on Raw. 
Yeah, that's true. I mean, yeah, if, if the Fox deal does come to fruition and Raw moves to Fox, prepare for SmackDown to be a fucking wasteland. Ty Dillinger yeah. might end up as the champion. There you go. <laughs> Everybody well, who's anybody is going to be on fucking Raw at that point. <laughs> that's true. Yeah. So, so much for the brand split. Yeah. <laughs> well, that, that might be going away soon anyway, so whatever. All right, so that does it for the perfect 10. It's time to take a look at where what things are going on in your area. And we start off with Wisconsin Pro Wrestling presenting Madness. Saturday, March 31st. This one's coming up this weekend, guys, at the Two Rivers Community House in Fond du Lac, Wisconsin. All ages are welcome. Bring the whole fucking family. $12 adults, $5 for kids 12 and under. Doors open at 6.30 p.m. Show begins at 7. Come support the Children's Hospital of Wisconsin by purchasing 50-50 drawing tickets. Also, for the first time ever, the Girl Scouts will be there selling cookies and donating boxes to the Ronald McDonald House Charities. <laughs> and there's wrestling, too. Uh, former WWE superstar Hornswoggle, now going by Swoggle, will be there, as along with the other, other local favorites. The WPW heavyweight champion Joey Avalon will take on Adam Grace. Colin Brooks will face off against Justin Dredd. Swoggle will have a mystery opponent. And a main event, we'll see Logan Lynch against Chase McCoy in a no-disqualification match. Also scheduled to appear are Ben McCoy, Sadist, and many more. Head over to wiscopro.com for more information. My turn. Sorry, it's been a while. Uh, Liberty States Wrestling returns Saturday evening, April 7th, with Spring Shakedown the night before WrestleMania. Your main event for that show is a grudge match. The Liberty States heavyweight champion, the selfie-made man Vern Vicalo, defending his title against the man he cashed in on at last month's show to take that title, Retro Anthony Green. Poor Anthony having a two-minute title reign. Oh, well. Oh, that's, uh, Liberty that serves him right for wearing Zubaz. <laughs> Liberty State's No Limits Championship on the line as Nico Silva defends against Dynamite Danny Miles. That should be a hell of a match. A tag team special attraction, the team of fabulously unequaled, the former uh, Liberty State's wrestling tag team champions, Johnny Vegas and Todd Sopel, taking on The Heat, Christian Casanova, and Elia Markopoulos. Also appearing at the show, one half of the Liberty State's tag champions, Brett Domino, Setherin with Vanity Vixen, Top Shelf Troy Nelson, and many, many more. Tickets are $10 at the door. Doors open at 6.30, bell time, 7 p.m. See, Where's I, the other half of the tag champions? As DL uh, he'll, he'll be He'll be uh, attending WrestleMania. Oh. Huh? Okay. Oh, he's going to the show? Yes. Oh, okay. Um, yeah, I would totally be down for going to that show just because I've got two. The main event is two former rundown sit-down guests, Anthony Green and Vern Vicalo. But uh, I, my planning, planning, perhaps with Sal, to do a NXT TakeOver New Orleans post-show immediately following the TakeOver event for the rundown feed. So I will not be able to attend Liberty States. I'm going to actually be able to watch TakeOver Live for the first time in a while. Yeah, not me. So we'll make sure to text you the results. Don't worry. Perfect. Perfect. <laughs> uh, LPW Mayhem takes place Saturday, April 14th at the Elks Hall in Clinton, Massachusetts. Doors open at 6.30. Live wrestling begins at 7.30. It is headlined by the LPW heavyweight champion, the selfie-made man Vern Vicalo, with Jillian Lee defending against Scotty Slade. The LPW Women's Championship will be on the line as Adira takes on the dinosaur queen, Tara Calloway. LPW tag team champion Christian Casanova in singles competition against Anthony 
Stone with Alicia Edwards. You're going to see Jocelyn versus Alicia Edwards, Tyler Nitro versus Randy Sean, the Main State Posse versus the Bitter Club, the Sweet Meat Christopher James with Danica <laughs> versus King Leon Damn the Troy. <laughs> that would be Sweat Boy Christopher James. Uh also scheduled to appear, I'm sorry, autograph session with Matt Stryker, uh, hosted by Connor Promotions. Tickets are on sale at LuckyProWrestling.com or at the One Stop Shop and Hop in Clinton, <laughs> Massachusetts. I, I just want to point this. So, uh, yeah, so go to uh, Lucky Pro Wrestling Mayhem Saturday, April 14th. Now, I would just like to point out, Troy, that last week you were, look at all these people listening. Don't change the things because they were my baby. And so I respected it. I didn't change yours, and then you fucked with mine. <laughs> well, you know, I had to so, get So, so also, Wisco Pro, next week you're on deck. Trust me. All right. <laughs> uh, where's the other half of this tag team championship? I don't know. That I don't know. Well, what the fuck? Probably some Greek festival. <laughs> oh, okay. Well, I've got some tag team action for you. As ICW returns to the La Pica Lounge on Thursday, Yay. April 19th. For the 420 Classic. Doors open off. At six... Shut up. <laughs> Doors open at 6.30 p.m. Bell time at 7 p.m. Ringside is sold out, but second row and general mission are $15. We have a special attraction match as Cold Boom Boom Cabana will take on Marman Mario Andrew Cervelli with Dana Adiva. The ICW World title match will be between the Greek franchise GQ Giannis and insane Chase McCoy, the new champion. ICW Midwest title gauntlet match will take place as the, as the new champion, the fabled one, Aesop Mitchell, takes on TW3, Sierra, Rock King, Mason, and Captain Spicoli. And we will have the ICW Tag Team Championships on the line as Shoots and Wanderers, Scott Marciano and AC Riley, with Jason Jay, take on the Holy Players, Jason Cash and Sean Priest. We will have a six-man tag team Anything Goes match as Special Forces Corporal Robertson, Garrison Creed, and Blazin Benjamin take on Jared Jacks, James Roadhouse, and Hot Topic, Topic Tyler Baggins. And we will have a Wicked Wisconsin Death match as Pitstain takes on the high-class villain Mo Foley with Rock King. And finally, a six-man tag team grudge match as Straight Hatred Blackwell, Cato, Pitbull Zach McGuire, and Dysfunction, or sorry, sorry, Cato and Pitbull Zach McGuire take on Dysfunction Jacob Hoffman and the Milwaukee Isn't it Zach Wall. McGowan? No, it's not. <laughs> and Bruce City Wrestling returns to the Elks Lodge in Waukesha, Wisconsin on Saturday, April 21st with Spring Slamboree. Bell time is 7.30 p.m. Doors open at 6.45. Tickets at ringside $20 advance, $16 using PayPal on BruceCityWrestling1.com. $18 at the door and kids 10 and under are just 10 bucks. Already signed, the Brew City Wrestling World Heavyweight Champion Tokyo Monster Kahagas with Kevin Sullivan will take on High Octane Onyx Andretti. A mixed tag team match with Funny Bone and Blue Phoenix Vanessa Azora take on Evil Dysfunction and Evil Sierra. The Brew City Wrestling Heritage Championship will be on the line as the Midwest Slayer Stacey Shadows takes on Tess Valentine. More Fandemonium matches will be announced soon. Head on over to BrewCityWrestling1.com. Follow them on Twitter at BCW1 or go to Facebook.com slash groups slash 115-256-38-4145 for more information. The sad part is that wasn't even me fucking with it. No, that was me. <laughs> Write that down, kids. Elkmania Promotion presents a nightmare on Bow Street, a family Elks on Bow Street. 
thank you. I missed that. Uh, a, a family-friendly nightmare. Uh, pro wrestling fundraiser for the Northeast a Animal Shelter. Family-friendly nightmare. <laughs> What's a nightmare? On, never mind. The event will take place on Saturday, April 28th at the Beverly Salem Lodge of Elks, 39 Bow Street, Beverly, Mass. Doors open at 6.30 with a bell time of 7 p.m. We should point out the Elks Lodge itself will not be on fire. That yes, that is true. Uh, tickets on sale for $10 in advance, 12 at the door. Advanced tickets are available at the Paper Asylum in Beverly, Mass. And Silver Moon Comics and Collectibles in Salem, Mass. Announced for the show so far, the all-star champion, the maniacal Jack Kruger, defends his title against everyone's favorite metahuman supervillain, Insane Dick Lane. Which is a real Based thing, in- Sal. It is a real thing. A-State champion Derek Simonetti will defend the title against his biggest challenge to date, quite literally, when he goes one-on-one with the seven-foot-tall giant pharaoh. Which also is also a real, a real thing. thing. Yeah. Yep. And Derek Conway seeks vengeance when he takes on the man who stabbed him in the back at Elkmania 5, his former partner Kevin Giles. That and much more at uh, A Nightmare on Bow Street on April 28th. That does it for the rundown for this Thursday, March 29, 2018. It has been just one day since Maurice shot a baby out of her. <laughs> like us on Twitter at Rundown Podcast or on Facebook, facebook.com slash rundownwrestling. You can email the show like nobody ever does, rundownwrestling at gmail.com. Leave us a voicemail like nobody did, 617-863-6967. That's 61Rundown7. We are also on Patreon. Head over to patreon.com slash rundownwrestling to become a patron. There are two reward levels. The Rundowner, which for $5 a month, grants you one patronly episode of The Rundown, which Adam is on deck to provide with us very soon. Yeah, and we're, we're all waiting on Adam, so if you're if you're a patron and you're, you can blame that guy on in the other box. That's, that's true. That, that's me. Yeah. By yeah, the way, the, the, the WWE Network this week is going to start adding WCW Saturday Night. I smelled Saturday Nitro Mania. <laughs> Jeez. There you go. There you go. I don't have enough time. I still think I still think a WCW Thunderdome featuring Adam will be great. That's probably what's going to happen because I I, I I enjoy that idea. So I would go right. WCW Thunderstruck because then you get a theme song all lined up. <laughs> there you go. Oh, I miss Derek. <laughs> well, he anyway, was, he was back or... on the last show. <laughs> rundown Mania, which for ten dollars a month grants you a guest hosting spot on any of our rundown shows, which nobody has taken a part in yet. It does also Troy will send you dick pics if you go to the ten dollar a month tier. I will. There is no telling if they're mine or not. <laughs> also, all patrons will receive early access to shows on the rundown feed. Check out the Slash Sanitarium if you're a fan of horror. Listen to our friends the Kingpin, Brian Malonis and Mike Crockett of their wrestling podcast about nothing with new podcasts every Monday. Go to Facebook.com slash the WPAN or the WPAN.com. Check out our friend Justin Michaels on the show yesterday on Waltz on Tup TV or go to TupTV.com to stream it live. Subscribe to the Rundown Wrestling Podcast to hear our other shows and to revisited the Rundown Sit Down WrestleMania Salvation and the Nitromania Podcast. Hey! Hey! Did you can you say follow glow stick or did you just skip over that? I <laughs> skipped over it. Okay. Was that intentional? Yeah, it was intentional. Are you canceling the show? No, I'm eventually going to get to it, but it, I, I'm sick of bringing it up every time if I can get to it. So I'm sorry, I didn't mean, I didn't mean to bring up sad memories, but do we think <laughs> we're going to be done with Glow Stick Season 1 before Glow Season 2 comes out? I hope so. <laughs> it's it's It was busier than I thought it was going to be on things, and most people don't understand that, that this show doesn't take me that much time because I watch a couple of YouTube videos, and then I sit down and I, I record with you and then you do all the all the actual work on it <laughs> whereas 
the shows that I have to do, I have to watch and type up my notes on it at the same time, which if I'm watching a 45-minute show or a 30-minute show like Glow Stick is, that's going to take me a good hour to do. And then I then have to record it and edit it. And that takes me uh, usually a full fucking night because I don't have that much time at night. So, Which reminds but, me, the, the, the last episode of WrestleMania Salvation reminded me that I have to teach Sal how to edit his own fucking podcast. <laughs> Over and above the fact that I never get a fucking producer credit. That's true. Yeah, well, at least at least we give you your producer credit on this show. That's right. Yeah. Why, why do you think I abandoned you, fucks? That's right. And if you want to give Jason a pat on the back or send him dick pics, follow him on Twitter at jstewart0920. That's J-S-T-U-A-R-T. Or twat shots. I'll take those two. Yeah, at twat shots. You can follow me at Rockstar Troy. You can follow... You can follow Adam he hasn't died. Yeah, my, the sales my microphone just fell off my microphone stand. I'm just going to hold it in my hand now. That's what she said. All right, Thanks. so you can follow Troy at Rockstar Troy. Yeah. Adam at, at the Salzer Effect. And thank you all for listening. Thank you to Jason. Thanks, uh, Troy. Thank you to Adam. Thank you. It was, it was fun to come back. I'll, I'll see you in uh, about 16 months or so. All right. <laughs> Since we got you on, do you have anything that you would like to plug or anything that you got coming up on your show? Uh, well, this week was a big episode, the first ever two-hour episode of Nitro with a special appearance from some greasy-haired Minnesotan. Uh, and also Martin Dixon guested on the program since he was not able to guest on the Slamboree episode, so check that one out. Well, he um, was. You just didn't record him. Well, <laughs> yes. Yeah. And I never said I, I completely copped that it was entirely my fault, but... Well, you just said he wasn't able to appear. He sort of did. Anyway. There's a, there's, a, there's an interesting one-sided episode out there that we're never going to hear. Yeah, right? <laughs> By the way, since we're talking Nitromania, first off, I found it very interesting that you and, and Martin were sitting there going, can you imagine what it'd be like to watch this live? And I'm like, yeah, because I did. Because I'm apparently the senior citizen on the rundown feed. Um, <laughs> I wouldn't say that. I just, I just was staunch. I was a very staunch loyalist. But I will take issue with one thing, and I, I, I rarely find myself on Team Andy, but I'm going to be on Team Andy on this one. You have never, at any point when you've done the rafters of the dumpster, qualified that it was only for that run of Nitromania. Like no, I when, have. Like when we did Brian Pillman, it was not just for because he didn't do many Nitromania episodes. It was for his entire body of work. I disagree. I'm just this is what, you this set, is why I don't. This is why I don't do gimmicks like that. You set standards <laughs> on your own show, and then you change them, and it's not fair. You held Road Warrior Hawk to a different standard than you've held everybody else. I say put that motherfucker in the rafters. I disagree. I say that uh, Twitter has apparently uh, given you all the information needed because last time I checked, it was still 100 percent as a dumpster. <laughs> Yep. Six votes to none. Yep. So, suck it. And here's the thing. Jason is defending it. Has not voted. So. <laughs> I don't I don't go on Twitter very much. Well, so then why are we plugging your Twitter? Well, if somebody messages me or comments to me, I will. All right. I guess so. Well, I'm going to, I'm going to message you right now. Go vote on this shit. Well, it's closed now. That's true. <laughs> All right. Well, thanks to Jason for our, our new theme song. 
and for doing everything he does for the rundown here. Next week, we will bring you WrestleMania predictions. And TakeOver. And TakeOver. That's that's happening, too. And Hall of Fame. And Supercard of Honor. Nobody cares about the Hall of Fame. We didn't even talk about tonight's NXT. Yeah. I did. I haven't watched it. Okay. I I won't spoil spoil William Regal's two major announcements. Wait, wait, wait. Okay, hold on. First (laughs) off, it's the North American fucking title. It's EC3. It's Ricochet. Spoiler fucking alert. Go check it out. Uh... So, so, so you went on to the rundown feed, uh, the rundown sheet. You added your fucking links to it. You looked at the fucking topics. You had an hour to kill. Did you watch the fucking match that we were going to talk about with the Young Bucks and Kenny Omega and and Abushi? In that hour, you could have very easily watched that to do the show prep. You had the fucking thing. It's sitting right there on your phone. <laughs> did you no? Did fucking this? Yeah. For, 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 the, for those of you listening at home, I, I added the information to the rundown right as the Skype call was going on before we started recording. I didn't set any of the topics. That was all you guys, so... <laughs> I... I didn't touch that part. I'm not I'm not saying I would have chosen something other than the, the Golden Lovers or the Gay Boys, whatever the hell they're called. Um, but there wasn't that much else going on, so... I guess we had to talk about that. Listen, some some of us have broader horizons than the WWE fucking YouTube channel. What can I tell you? Well, I would have talked about EC3 getting fired and the Feast are fired. And we talked about that when it happened like five fucking months ago. Yeah, well, now it's just... just the guy's fine. already appeared on fucking NXT TV. Is it really a fucking <laughs> shock? It was a shock to him. Five months ago? <laughs> well... Kayfabe wise. Well, go ahead. Talk about EC3 and Feast and Fire, Troy. Go ahead. A little bonus content for the rundown listening. Um, I liked it. I. It was one of those things where everyone fucking knew what was going on, so it made make little sense. We'll see you next Thursday. <laughs> bye bye. Bye. The Rundown Wrestling Podcast was created and subsequently abandoned by me, Adam Salzer. And is produced, edited, sorry, produced and edited by Jason Stewart. This episode was hosted by Jason Stewart, Troy Bozen, and me, kinda. We are a member of the Questionable Endeavor Network. Check out all of their shows, including the Slasher Sanitarium and sometimes their Scotch, the Shadow Vane Podcast, as well as the rest of their shows that don't plug us, like the Raw Attitude Podcast. And tune in next week for an all-new episode of the Rundown Wrestling Podcast. Bye-bye.